Before this week's episode, we just want to talk about all the wonderful ways you can support the South Congress podcast via Patreon. At $1 a month, you get access to our post-show content tier. Patrons at this tier get to hear additional audio from all of our South Congress, Goose Down, and Special Edition pods. At $5 a month, you get to be part of our Watch Party tier. Whenever we do a movie watch-along or a Goosebumps watch-along, you'll be given access to the video. And at $10 a month, you'll get to be part of our Merch Giveaway tier, where every month, we'll give any patron at that tier something from one of our online stores, whether it be TeePublic, Redbubble, or Teespring, to show our appreciation for their support. Thank you guys for supporting the show. The South Congress Podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. Right, it's finally that time. I want to welcome everybody to this week's episode of The Goose Down, a podcast on the South Congress Network where I cover each and every one of the books in R.L. Stein's classic Goosebumps series. And really, if you've been following along, this is probably the one you've been waiting for. Book 7, Night of the Living Dummy. This is probably the book featuring the character that's most commonly associated with Goosebumps. Like you have the haunted mask, you have monster blood, but as kind of an individual character, like an individual entity, it's going to be Slappy the Dummy. And so this book was the introduction. I was so excited to talk about this book and the lore around it and just how the character manipulates events and people around him that I actually went and watched some older TV and older movies for reference. In particular, um, I did go back and watch uh, some Twilight Zone episodes, uh, most notably The Dummy and Caesar and Me. Um, And The Dummy, in a long story short, is about this ventriloquist who is probably actually suffering from schizophrenia um his doll willie tends to talk to him and has him kind of do crazy things and he can't carry on normal relationships with people and blames the doll for doing things so i mean that was a heavy influence on this and then there was another episode caesar and me also featuring a ventriloquist who um can't seem to make things break for himself and he ends up 
like staging a heist on behalf of the dummy and he gets caught for it and the dummy ends up latching on to another character like a little girl who happened to be like playing a role in the story so like yeah this is um kind of a common theme like you know child's play is probably the biggest example of this happening in movies. I mean, later you have Dead Silence, which kind of covers similar ground, but, you know, kind of the basis of it is um, the ventriloquist dummy latches on to one person they consider weak or easily manipulated or someone deemed untrustworthy so that they can kind of take advantage of the situation and, you know, Sometimes get them to do their bidding, sometimes totally enslave them, sometimes just a means to an end till they can find the next person. Uh, it really does depend. But, yeah, I did a lot of actual factual research like kind of going into this. So let's kind of combine this back to the Goosebumps lore. A lot of the books that we've talked about so far do kind of deal with either magic or some type of science, or a combination of both, or it's ambiguous. And this very specifically made it clear that this was a sorcerer's doing. Um, a character brought to life by reading magic words, typically held in the character's shirt pocket. And whereas in like Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, where the actual villain is just a guy, or Monster Blood, where the actual blood isn't doing anything wrong it's being manipulated by a witch in the background or say cheese and die where you know the cameras would hold its power and the person who created it doesn't even want to give it power like this is very specifically meant to be evil and we never get to see um any type of you know wizard or sorcerer so it's all slappy the dummy um well like I say that, um, the first story actually doesn't even center around Slappy the Dummy, even though he's the character on the cover art. Um, it's actually centered around uh, Mr. Wood, who is one of the twin girls' dummies. So it's probably the coolest aspect of this. Instead of getting little brother, older sister, or older brother, younger brother, or kid from out of town and the girlfriend that he meets um what we really do get this time are twins same age heavy in competition kind of always at each other's throats wanting to one up the next one and their desire to be better than the other one is what leads to them each having ventriloquist dummies so uh yeah let's get into the specifics of the story so the twin sisters are lindy and chris powell they live in, and it's funny, I'll relate to this. So when I moved to Wyoming, I moved into a neighborhood that was basically three streets. Not because it was a small neighborhood, but it was being developed at the time. You know, and for me, this is, what, I'm 11, so this is like 97, give or take. Um, yeah, a brand new neighborhood. I think Kaufman and Broad, if anybody's familiar, was kind of building up the neighborhood. But yeah, things were going up in construction. So um, they actually live in a neighborhood where a house nearby is going up. Kids being kids, they're looking around a construction site because what's more exciting than a half done house? Like, I'm not being sarcastic, like genuinely. That this is one of those interesting uh, new territories for a kid. So there's a garbage container near the house. And inside, uh, Lindy actually finds a dummy 
and just names him Slappy. She's actually pretty good at ventriloquism as an amateur. And the kids around the neighborhood find her funny. Kids she shows at school, they find her funny. To the point where like she's actually booking gigs for kids' birthday parties. Them being twin sisters, them always competing over everything, Chris is immediately jealous of it. Um, and since like everybody's so interested in it, Chris asks her parents for a dummy. And I can just imagine being... Like parents of twins, like you start off and it's cute because you have to buy everything in two, you know, same outfit, same toys. But then like they get a little bit older and like as they get into competition, like you have to let them go through the same experiences um, and, and even have like the same items so that one doesn't feel slighted. Um, so Chris actually tries to take well before that. It's not that they buy her um, an additional dummy. They try to go the route of having them share it first. When Chris tries to take the doll from Lindy, the doll hits Chris in her face. And so this is like the first moment of, oh, my God, is the doll alive or not? So the next day is when he actually buys Chris her own doll. Um, doll named Mr. Wood, whereas Slappy is kind of conventional in that, you know, the painted on hair, he's going to have the, uh, like the little suit on the black shoes. Mr. Wood is more contemporary. Like he has like a, like a red and green flannel shirt, some jeans, high top sneakers, you know, like contemporary for the time, I guess, like for 1994, that was a cool look. Um, so in his pocket, Chris actually finds a card in the pocket. Now, chief horror rule probably taught to us by the Goosebumps series, right? If there are magic words written on a piece of paper, you don't pronounce them out loud. You just don't. So I'm not going to actually pronounce them. Maybe I'll put them in the notes and your toys will come alive. But I'm not doing that to myself. But the words translate to you and I are one now in you know whatever language they happen to be in. Um, and after Chris reads it out loud, she thinks she sees Mr. Wood blink one time. So we're already kind of getting to it, right? Mrs. Berman is Chris's music teacher at her school. And so whereas Lindy is getting these birthday parties, um, Chris actually kind of books her own gig. So she's going to perform a ventriloquist act and be the MC at the school's spring concert. Lindy is because she got good at it first. She's kind of condescending to Chris. She's like, yo, if you need some help, like I can I can show you what to do so you don't go up there and bomb. Right. As they're having this conversation and Lindy's holding Mr. Wood, he starts saying crazy stuff to Chris. Like he's throwing insults at her left and right. Chris guesses that Lindy's the one speaking. Lindy's like, yo, it's not me. It's the doll. Same night, the girls are laying in bed and they start to hear strange noises. When they go to look at it, they find that Mr. Wood is posed strangling Slappy. And then when they try to explain to their mom what happened, of course, being a parent, like she doesn't believe him at all. And she's like, yo, um, don't believe you. Like, y'all get to bed. Like, this is getting to be too much. Chris continues to hear noises, but kind of ignores him. Later that night, 
she goes to the kitchen and she sees Mr. Wood like lying near the refrigerator. The juice is spilled. The milk is spilled. The eggs are cracked. Like everything is going awry. Their mom comes downstairs and she sees like how bad it is. Both of the girls try to say, yo, Mr. Wood did it. It couldn't have been us. She's like, yo, if y'all mess up again, I'm taking both of the dummies away. And the girl's like, no, like they're alive. Like there's no way we did this. South Congress and the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast have two online stores to buy shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, notebooks, and more. Visit redbubble.com and tpublic.com and search Seahawk to see all of the merchandise. We run specials every few weeks, so join the South Congress and East Coast cast Facebook fan pages for all the details on our online specials and promotions. So, a couple of days after the fact, um, a neighboring couple comes and it's actually the second time in the series so far that an older couple comes and the kid draws attention to the fact that they end up looking alike. And I kind of started to wonder about that, like why couples tend to look more alike each other as they get older. And I guess it's probably same diet, same environment, same stimuli. So, you know, like you might if metabolism is being what they are, you might end up weighing the same. Looking at the same objects, sitting the same distance from the TV, you might need the same glasses. Um, as far as wearing like matching polos and cargo shorts, I, I don't know what that develops from, but I guess that's a thing too. So, Mr. and Mrs. Miller come by um, and they ask Chris to perform for them first. He starts talking to them crazy. He calls them old and ugly, says they have bad breath. And it's funny. The Millers weren't even offended right away. They were like, yo, we don't really get like her sense of humor. Like, what is this supposed to be? But yeah, um, making fun of the elderly couple. Chris immediately gets in trouble and has to go to a room. But they still let her do the spring concert the next day. Probably would have been best for her if they didn't. So. Chris gets to the stage. Whole schools in the auditorium. She notices when she sits down that the microphone is too high. So she goes to adjust it. Um, and Mrs. Berman, being the good teacher she is, starts to adjust it for her. And out of nowhere, Mr. Wood starts insulting her for her weight. Like in front of everybody. And the kids are howling because kids are jerks. But yeah, Mrs. Berman, like, yo, you have to apologize. Mr. Wood opens his mouth seemingly to apologize and starts spewing green gunk everywhere. Um, that's probably also made up of the spilled milk and the eggs and the juice from the kitchen. He starts spewing it on the front row of the crowd. <laughs> and Mrs. Berman says, yo, if I have my way, you'll be suspended from the school forever. And yo, Chris is distraught. Like, I didn't do any of this. Why would I do that to anybody? So Chris even tells her dad, like, yo, punish me. Do whatever you got to do. Just get the dummy away from me. Please take it back to the pawn shop. He says, yo, the pawn shop isn't open until Monday. So you got to deal with this for the rest of the weekend. So Chris locked him in the closet and she goes to sleep. She gets awakened by the sound of footsteps. So she goes to take a look and that's when she finds out Mr. Wood is actually alive. 
he tells her, he's like, yo, you and your sister are now my slaves. So, yo, she's fighting the dummy and can't whoop him. Like, freak supernatural strength. He's, like, really giving her some work. He's hitting her. He punched her in the stomach. He's biting her, like, going crazy. Yo, Lindy heard. And Chris is like, yo, the dummy's alive. And then he actually does make a move. Um, Lindy is so shocked by all this that when their parents show up and they ask her what's going on, she's like, yo, I think he was moving, but like, I can't confirm it. But he immediately goes limp when adults are around because that's what evil dolls do. That's what Chucky does. That's what they all do, right? So the parents are like, yo, quit playing around, and they go back to bed. And this is at the point where they do start to question like her mental well-being, like if she needs to see somebody, because of course your kid's crazy if they think the doll's alive. But as soon as they leave, Mr. Wood gets greedy, and yo, he's going crazy on him. He's fighting them off, and he's like, yo, you are our slaves. Probably the coolest part of all this, and it was such a turn in the character, and a lot of times in horror movies where kids are involved, they're either deathly afraid or they end up shaking whatever's bothering them, or whatever's bothering them. So, again, Chris is like the one who's like scared and Lindy, she catches on late, but she's also scared. So Chris is like, yo, what do we do? Like, how do we solve this issue? Lindy says, yo, we got to kill him. Like, just flat out, even tone. We got to kill him. And she's like, what? No, we got to kill him. She's like, yo, but we can't kill him. She's like, all right, let's cut off his head. Like, I was so taken aback because I forgot she was so direct like that. Yo, they try to cut his head off. They can't do it. Like, it won't cut through because whatever magic is on him is making him immune to, like, any type of regular level, like, murder type stuff, right? So, they put him in a suitcase. They bury him in the backyard. He's out of there. And then they go to sleep. They wake up the next morning and they find that he's sitting there covered in dirt in the house. And like, yo, no more of this. So they go to get their parents, but their parents have left. And he told him, he's like, yo, you're my slaves. If you keep messing with me, it's really going to be smoke. So he's like, yo, guess I got to kill your dog. So he starts choking the family dog. Um, They try to get the two of them separated and can't do it. So they all end up tussling outside. They finally get Mr. Wood off the dog. And then they start chasing him around. They try to get him to run in front of a steamroller. And the first one misses him. Second steamroller gets him because they're doing construction by the house. So he is flattened after that. Crushed him and like this nasty green mist comes out of his body. So that's whatever magic, whatever he was spewing, probably mixed in with whatever was in the kitchen. Right. And you feel so bad for the guy driving the uh, the steamroller because he's like, yo, I thought that was a kid. Like, I swore that was a kid. Oh, my God. It didn't hit a kid, did I? And it's like, no. He's like, yo, y'all don't scare me like that. Like, like go play or something. Like, get out of here. So, story's over, right? Everything's cool, right? No more problems. Lindy, Chris, Barky go home. They're like, yo, we're finally done with that. When they get to the room, Slappy is there on the bed waiting for him. He says, hey, slaves, is that other guy gone? I thought he'd never leave. And that's the end of the story. 
and, and you know anybody who follows the series knows we get a Night of the Living Dummy two, we get Night of the Living Dummy three, we get Bride of the Living Dummy. Like this is the enduring character of the series. You know the Goosebumps movie, any specials they have, like he's in all that. So like this is really the start. And even though he was only in, you know, portions of the book, even though we don't even really get any type of actual magical action from the dummy until like you know past midway through the book um you know i thought like this is the book that got me hooked on the series like i'm very sure that this is the first one i read and then i went back and started reading your welcome to dead houses and your monster bloods and all that like this was the one that got it going so you know we get to see as we continue through this series why this character is so enduring um yeah so Night of the Living Dummy. Um, one of my favorite characters in literature, just for kind of the comedy that he brings. Um, love the look of the character. I love how it's evolved over the years. I think the cover of this is just, it's simple, but absolutely frightening, especially to, you know, uh, a seven, eight year old that I was at the time that I read it. So, yeah. Um, next week, we're going to be doing The Girl Who Cried Monster. Um, to anybody who listens to our regular South Congress podcast every week, I was a bit under the weather um, earlier in the week and late in the weekend. Um, so that's why we didn't have a show this week. We'll definitely be back um, this coming Monday, 7 a.m. Central, like we try to do every Monday with a brand new episode. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning into this Please tell your friends about The Goose Down. Tell your friends about the South Congress podcast. Please leave us reviews on whatever platform you listen to. And thanks for letting us be a part of your week. This has been another episode of The Goose Down, episode seven, covering Night of the Living Dummy. This has been The Goose Down, a part of the South Congress podcast network. Thanks for your time. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comic, show, or movie discussed? Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show.